<laughs> hey, uh, I'm really excited to be with you guys tonight and to be launching this new series on relationships. Come on, it's February, Valentine's Day, and so that seems to be a natural thing to do, to talk about relationships. And let's just be honest, sometimes uh, these collection of talks can get a little awkward. Turn your neighbor and just say, it could get awkward. <laughs> but it's, uh, I'm going to do my very best to not make it awkward, and uh, we're just going to have some fun for the next few weeks, and talk truth, and hopefully talk about dating and relationships in a relevant type way that makes sense to you and where you're at in life. I come from, um, I've been a middle school and high school pastor before, and so how we talked about dating to middle school, yeah, think about that, dating to middle school kids. Crazy, right? Um, but I've always talked to that age group about dating. And this is my first time to talk to like real adults about relationship dating stuff. And so I'm pretty pumped because we get to be real with each other, right? And uh, we don't want this fake stuff. We want to be real with each other. And so I hope that we can do that in the next few weeks as we get into this love on the brain. Because let's be honest, love is on everybody's brain, right? Some people are more obsessed with it than others. Uh -huh. uh, but love is on everyone's brain, regardless of who you are. Because uh, the truth is this, we all want to be loved, and we all want to love. That's just who we are as human beings. We want to be loved, and we want to love. And so the uh, kind of where relationships get real complicated, though, is uh, love and relationships, and especially uh, dating, where most of you guys are at now, dating is, it, it involves your brain, it involves logic and reasoning and thinking about, okay, is this the right thing for me? Is this, is she who I'm looking for? She's got brown hair, I really like the blonde hair, or he's got no muscles, I'm really into muscles, uh, you know, that kind of thing. All the guys are like, dang, you called me out like that, awesome. Um, no, but like it involves logic and it involves going, okay, uh, maybe our paths of life are different. Where I want to go is different where she wants to go. And so, you know, is this really what's right? But at the same time, it involves your heart and it involves emotions of love and significance and value. And I don't know, this person just makes me feel this way when I'm with them. And it just, I don't know what it is. It just involves emotions. And so one of the complicated things about relationship is you have to know, okay, do I use my brain or do I use my heart? Like, how do, how do I decide uh, how to process through relationships? And those, that's kind of the idea of where we're going for the next uh, few weeks. And I have to just be honest, having these uh, series of talks with you guys is quite humbling. It's quite humbling because I realize that for you, dating is a large part of your life. And, uh, man, it's just... Like I said, everyone desires to be loved. Everyone desires to love. It's a giant part of your life. And there's a chance that in the next few weeks, you could hear a word from God that could radically change your future, could radically change maybe even your present. And so I realized the weight of the conversations we're getting into. And I want you to know that. I don't just go into these just flippantly. I realize the weight of the conversations we're getting into. And that's why um, it's humbling for me. And really it's humbling on a spiritual level as well because I realize that my responsibility in this is to simply deliver the truth, deliver the word of God. That's what I've been called to do is just deliver the word of God. But I realize that it may not make some of you happy. You may not like all of it. In fact, you may even disagree with me. But my responsibility and what I've been called to do and my job here is not to make all of you like me 
although I would love that. My responsibility is to deliver the truth. Last time I checked, uh, the seed wasn't really what determined the growth as much as the soil that the seed is planted in. And so my job is to give you the seed of truth and pray that you receive it with the right kind of soil. And so that's uh, my hope and that's my prayer for the next few weeks. Uh, That's the challenge, actually, that's in front of me, but I'm willing to take it. Are you ready to receive it? Good, 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 good. I like that. So that's, uh, we're going to go after it together. And I want to, um, I want to have this conversation with you for the next few weeks uh, with two different angles. Cheers. Uh, From two different angles. One, from the angle of, man, my prayer for you is that you would experience relationships in, a, in the way that God intended them to be, and that your relationship, your dating life, and hopefully even your married life one day would thrive. That's, that's my prayer, and that's kind of one angle that I'm going into this. The other angle is a little bit unique in that um, I want to talk to us as a community. If you consider C12, your family, your home, and uh, the people that you're doing life with, that you're growing with, I want to talk to us uh, as a group of people, as a family, and I want to help set the bar, set the standard, and even create a culture amongst us to say, this is how we will do relationships. This is how we date. Now, I've been uh, in this job, I guess, since like June. I've been hanging out with you guys since June. And I've yet to really have this conversation with you all to say, this is who I believe God is leading us to be. And at the end of the day, you get to decide, ah, that's dumb. I'm going to do things my own way if you want to. But I really believe if we could all gather around, this is how we approach relationships here in our community. Man, God would do amazing things through us if we would approach relationships in a godly way. And so I'm going to call you guys to that in those two different angles. One, for your life personally, but two, for us as a community, and uh, I believe that great things will happen in the next few weeks. So can, can I pray for us? And we prayed a few times tonight, but I'd just like to, uh, to pray for us as we begin, okay? Father, thank you for uh, this opportunity. Thank you for each person in this room that you brought them here for a reason. You got them here for a reason. I don't know what they're going through in their life, but they're here tonight. And God, I pray more than anything that they would get a sense of your presence and your love and uh, how much you desire to draw them to yourself. And so, Lord, we are yours tonight. We are hungry for a word from you. So would you speak? Would you make the words come off these page, pages in a way uh, that speaks directly to our hearts? So we're listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It is, uh, it is incredibly difficult to go from single to married uh, without losing a sense of self. Without losing a sense of self, without losing a sense of your purity, without acquiring baggage from broken relationships, without uh, sometimes even losing your mind. (laughs) It can be really, really hard. I don't know what your experience with dating and relationships is. Maybe, Maybe you've never dated anyone before in your life. Good for you. Maybe you've come through some broken relationships. We're probably all over the place in here tonight with our experiences. But it's really, really hard to go from single to married without losing your mind, without losing a sense of yourself, without losing your purity, and without acquiring a lot of baggage through broken relationships. In fact, I would say, the wind is crazy up here. The, uh, these pages are blown all over the place. Uh, in fact, I would say it's impossible. It's impossible to date and not have those things happen if you don't go about dating the right way, and if you don't know how dating works at its core. Now, most of you, when I say how dating works at its core, you go, Austin, let's be honest, 
dating is not that difficult. You simply find someone that you have chemistry with. Things seem to be going good. So then you go on a few dates just one-on-one with them. Things still seem to be going good. They're not crazy or too crazy, and I'm really crazy, and they get me. Uh, So then we just keep going, and then eventually we fall in love, and then it leads to marriage, and boom, right? Exactly. That is the approach to dating that most people have. And I would challenge you and encourage you to give a lot more intentionality to how you date. Because dating has a lot more to do to your approach to it than it does with who you pick. Now, who you pick is very, very important. But most of us care more about who we pick and we don't give attention to our process in the dating kind of lane. And the dating lane and the process that you go through, if you'll do it right, it will filter out people that you don't even want in it. And so give more attention to the process of dating than you do actually just finding the right one that you date. Okay? Um, That was off my notes. I don't know where that came from. But here's a fact that that you need to know. Um, The Bible doesn't say anything about dating. The Bible doesn't say anything about dating. All right, good start, huh? Um, But, however... The Bible speaks a lot to who you are as an individual and how you approach things that affect your mind, your heart, and your physical well-being. It says a lot about how you approach, and it says a lot about how you approach, this is very important, how you approach the things that have the potential to take first place in your life. See, this is something that that if you're a Jesus follower, we can all get on the same page with. As a Jesus follower, my goal is to put him first in my life. In fact, some would say he's either first or he's not in it at all. And so my goal is to have him first in my life, right? The problem is, is if I buy in or if I begin to entertain the idea of giving my heart, my love, my first love or my first energy or my first a priority to another individual, or if I expect another individual to fill the void in my heart that they can't actually fill, that can only be filled by your creator, God, then I begin to flirt with the idea of giving first priority to someone who's not meant to have it. Do you follow me? So that's why the conversation about how you date is so, so important because you have the potential of giving first place to someone who doesn't deserve it. And if you are a follower of Jesus, should not have it. And so that's why the conversation of how we date is very, very important. And I would say is even biblical, even though the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not date someone with a tattoo. You know, uh, it's not like super clear in there like that. All right. Um, So I I believe that the best way to talk about uh, this subject for the next few weeks is to compare two paths, okay? And you may want to take a lot of notes tonight. I'm just giving you a warning. If you don't, it's okay. Whatever. It's a free country. You don't have to. Um, But you may want to take some notes because there's going to be a lot of stuff on the screen. And I believe the best way to talk about it is to compare two paths. And um, don't put it up there. Don't put it up there yet. But first... We have um, the path of promiscuity. Now, um, go ahead and put it up there, actually. Path of promiscuity and path of purity. Two paths, path of promiscuity and path of purity. Now, first, let's just acknowledge that the word promiscuity is extremely hard to say. Turn to your neighbor and try and say it real fast. Just see how it happens. 
How many of you said it correctly the first time? Liars, you bunch of liars. That word is so hard to say. I don't know why. Uh, the, 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 root word, the root word of promiscuity is promiscuous. So I was like struggling for a couple days going, promiscuity, promiscuity, I don't know how, and then I found out that on Google, you can look up a word and actually click like a little button and it says it back to you, like Siri says it back to you. Did y'all know that this is a thing? Oh, okay, good. Now I feel stupid. Um, but you, yeah, you can do that, and that's how I figured out. It's promiscuity, the path of promiscuity. Let me, let me describe to you a little bit about what promiscuity is. Uh, promiscuous the definition is characterized by or involving indiscriminate mingling or association, especially having sexual relations with a number of partners on a casual basis. But this is the definition that I really like, and it lines up with more of what we're talking about. Two words, casual and haphazard. Promiscuous means casual or haphazard. And the path of promiscuity is a path that just takes a casual approach to dating, not an intentional, this is how I'm going to go about it type approach. And so we're going to walk through and kind of compare and contrast uh, tonight the path of promiscuity and the path of purity. But first, let me give you uh, kind of a definition for purity, okay? What does it mean to be pure? This is really, really important. First of all, the standard of purity is not defined by you and it's not defined by culture. The standard of what it means to be pure is defined by the word of God. Now, you can go research scripture and a bunch of different scripture that talk about uh, purity in a lot of different ways. But man, can we just acknowledge that we have tons of different garbage all in culture and society that's feeding us things about what it means, uh, what, what a relationship should look like, and what intimacy and how it's involved in it. Man, I was, uh, I've, I've about, I haven't yet, I'm really close, and maybe since I'm going to say this, then I'll do it tonight. I'm really close to deleting my Snapchat. I know I'm 28, probably too old for Snapchat. Uh, but <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, you need to get off that. Um, <laughs> I'm really close to deleting it. At first, it was cool and fun. And then all of a sudden, like these little like stories pop up, and not your friends, but like news things. And you practically can't even look at these without seeing some naked body on them. You guys know what I'm talking about? And then if you click on them, you end up reading some garbage about, you know, uh, what is normal in society. And they try and give you like advice for things. And I, and I read some of them, I'm like, what, what are we feeding people? Like, do people actually listen to this stuff? Because if you do, you're heading down a path that's going to, oh, man, it's going to blow up your life. You're going to have tons of regret. And so purity, man, is defined by the word of God. But I, but I want you to hear this. Our goal as a follower of Jesus is more than just virginity. Okay? The goal isn't to be a virgin. The goal is to be pure. Now, that's uh, we in church world, I think, have done a huge misservice to people who attend church because we've put virginity as the number one goal. Like everyone just you know, go be a virgin, be a virgin. Everyone, you know, show, show your V card, everybody. Like we've put, it's awkward, right? We've put virginity as the ultimate goal, but reality is, is, is not. And the Bible talks, purity is the goal. Purity of my mind, my heart, and my body, my physical body. 
And so you can read in Scripture about sexual immorality and actions and things that uh, the Word of God speaks against. But the, the law used to be, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not have sex out of marriage, right? And then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I tell you that even if you look at a woman with a lustful eye, that you've committed adultery. So what he did is he took it to a whole nother level and said, this is more about your mind and your heart, not just your actions. And so purity is not, let's, listen, you can be a virgin and be a pervert. So being a virgin is not the goal. The goal is to be pure in my heart. I said heart. In my heart, in my heart, in my mind, and my actions. It's a whole thing that encompasses it. And I just want to say that up front, that we're not preaching virginity, although that is a part of it that we'll talk more about in later weeks. We're preaching, man, we want to be pure. And so I have a statement for you that we're going to put on the screen that just kind of helps me wrap my mind around uh, what am I really going after with purity? And, and maybe you'll have time to write it down. It's kind of a long statement, but here, here's what it is. Purity is when I submit my sexuality as it pertains to my mind, my heart, and my body to God. I submit it to God. And as he says goes, the authority of him. Listen, when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you say he's the Savior of me. He's, he's uh, washed my sins away. But not only is he that, he's the Lord of my life, which means what he says goes. He's now my authority. He is the one I submit to. Not just my Savior. He's my Lord. He's the one that rules my life. So I submit to him in these ways. I will express it the way he intended it. And this requires significant attention to how I date. Do you have enough time to, to write that down, look at it? <laughs> Hold on. I feel like we're in school. Next PowerPoint, please. The path. <laughs> so I want to get into the two paths a little bit, okay? And tonight's just kind of an overview. In the next few weeks, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into more details and some specific things. But I want to get into the two paths, all right? The path of promiscuity. First, you need to know this. Path of promiscuity says that intimacy leads and exceeds commitment. I is greater than C. And listen, when we say intimacy, we're not just talking about, we're talking about more than just physical. We're talking about emotional intimacy, uh, spiritual intimacy, verbal intimacy. But the path of promiscuity says that intimacy is greater than commitment. And this is what you're fed in all different avenues, whether it's Snapchat or whatever. You don't have to look long to understand uh, what the world believes about intimacy and how it relates to commitment. We live in a culture that celebrates intimacy without commitment. And I'm telling you, it's the path of promiscuity that leads you down a dangerous path. If you want to live a life of purity, you have to decide that intimacy will never grow greater than the commitment. That intimacy doesn't grow greater than the commitment. Now, I'm going to keep explaining this a little bit more. Let's look at the life of Jesus. And I want to look at how he approached relationships. I want to look at one verse in particular about how he approached relationships. If you look in John chapter 14, verse 21, it says this. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. 
he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And let me just kind of break down what that means. Jesus is saying that whoever loves me will express it by commitment. Those who obey my commands are those who love me. So if you love me, you express it by your commitment to me and what I have said. And whoever is committed to me, I will allow myself to be intimate with. Jesus says, first, commitment, second, intimacy. This is a pattern for healthy relationships. Commitment first, intimacy intimacy second. God is not a promiscuous God. He will not become intimate without first commitment. So you say, well, how does this relate? I mean, this is Jesus to his followers. How does this relate, like, to me and my romantic dating life? Let me tell you a little bit, okay? All throughout Scripture, we see the relationship of Jesus to his followers, and oftentimes it's paralleled to how a husband treats his wife. In fact, uh, Jesus is given the name as the bridegroom. And his church, his people, his followers are given the name of the Bride of Christ. And there's this uh, amazing relationship that happens, and it's correlated, paralleled to the relationship of a committed husband to his wife or wife to his husband. In fact, I wanted to read to you a few verses that are often read in a marriage uh, ceremony, but they're phenomenal verses. So in Ephesians chapter 5, read a couple here, uh, 25 through 33. I think they'll be on this. There we go. Just want you to listen. Just want you to listen to the language used. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. There's a parallel. And gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Keeps going here. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their own body. Listen, another parallel. Just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. This is just a portion of this scripture. But what I want you to hear is there's a parallel between the commitment of Jesus to his followers that he draws to a commitment of a man to a woman. And he's talking about a marriage one day, but I believe if, if your hope one day is to get married, then you ought to start treating your relationship now uh, as if that's your end destination, right? Amen? Someone said amen. And so uh, there is this connection. You following me still? So <clears throat> the path of purity, although the path of promiscuity is that intimacy is greater and leads commitment, the path of purity is that love leads to commitment first and intimacy second. Your greatest challenge in establishing a healthy dating lifestyle is not allowing intimacy to exceed your commitment, but that you would allow commitment to provide, listen closely, that you would allow commitment to provide a safe place for intimacy to grow. Intimacy grows inside of commitment. You can't let intimacy grow outside of commitment. Now, here's where it gets tricky and where I may make some enemies, and I'm okay with that. Come on, someone smile at me. (laughs) Let me ask you a question, and don't don't repeat, don't give me an answer. uh, Yeah, don't answer. What is the commitment level in a dating relationship? 
very, very low, like zero. And, and here's why. You're together now, but are you going to be together tomorrow? We can, all, we can all say, yes, he loves me, she loves me, yes, we'll be. But let's be honest. If you wake up tomorrow and decide to get out of a dating relationship, can you? Yeah, very easily, actually. The commitment level in a dating relationship, if you feel uncomfortable saying zero, let's just say very, very low. Because it's, it's uh, here's a good way to describe it, it's you only for now. <laughs> you only for now. And listen, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. You have to go into a dating relationship going, the commitment level, listen, until we get married one day, the commitment level is not really high. We can back out of this at any point, and that's okay. And what I would encourage you with is say, that's actually a healthy, a healthy way to approach dating, is knowing, listen, the commitment in this is, is not, I mean, I'm committed to you only for now. Um, but the moment this thing goes sideways or the moment that one of us isn't called to it or whatever, if there's something, then we're out of it. That's actually a healthy relationship. So the great challenge is allowing your intimacy to not exceed your commitment. And if your commitment is not very high, then how high should your intimacy be? Not very high. And this is the challenge, that most of us allow our intimacy to outgrow our commitment. And when you do that, you are beginning down the path of promiscuity and not down the path of purity. And it's the greatest challenge, but it's the key to maintaining purity in dating. So here's the question you're probably asking. So how do I date without having any emotional, spiritual, physical intimacy at all? That's a great question. So I want to lay out for you the rest of the path, okay? And uh, propose this to you, and um, I believe that one is a healthy biblical way of dating, and one is a unhealthy unbiblical way of dating. And uh, let's just talk about it. You good with that? So first, in the path of promiscuity, the first thing that you uh, will see is it begins with an attitude of desperation. Somebody say desperation. It's an attitude of loneliness. It's an, it's an absence of someone. It's dating to fill a void in my life. It's I'm empty inside, and I'm looking for someone to fill my emptiness. And I just wanted to tell you tonight that there is no person that can fill your emptiness in life. And you will be on a continuous, frustrating journey to find someone to fill the void in your heart that they cannot feel. And imagine, they can't feel it. Imagine this. What kind of pressure do you put on someone when you ask them to fill your loneliness? No one wants that. I don't want that. You don't want that. You can't fill someone else's loneliness, and they can't fill it for you. And so when you put, when you go into a relationship in a desperate way, you're going, I'm desperate for so there's something lacking in me, and it will be someone else that fills it for me. You will be consistently frustrated because no one except for your heavenly father can fill that void in your life. And we're going to talk more about this point uh, next week, but I'm just giving you an overview. The path of purity, however, begins with dependence. Someone say dependence. 
path of purity begins with dependence. It begins with you going, God, I am so dependent on you and I trust you that you will provide for me the right person at the right time that I don't have to go about looking for someone in a desperate way. But I'm dependent on him to fill the void, what I lack in my life, and then I trust that he'll bring the right person when the right time comes. Man, I remember being um, in college and, I've, and I had my journey of dating, just like many of you, but I was a sophomore in college, and I got around some guys that loved Jesus, and they began to just influence me in a powerful way. And I remember sitting in our living room up in Lynchburg, Virginia, and we would meet at 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoons, and me and my buddy would just sit there, and we would pray for our future wives. I had never done this before, but it was me and him gathering together and going, you know what? Let's just quit this like search of, of asking girls out and wondering, is she right, is she wrong? Let's just quit that and just begin to pray and depend on God to bring the right person at the right time. And that is the path of purity, that you would depend on him. Does that make sense? And I would encourage you that when you are really hungry, any restaurant will do. When I'm really, really hungry, <laughs> when I'm... When I am really, really hungry, I'll eat at Crystal's, y'all. That place is nasty. Anybody like Crystal's? Good for you. Good for you. That place is nasty. But when you're really, really hungry, anything is good, right? And when you're really, really desperate, anyone is good. And so don't begin your dating life in a desperate mode going, I'm, I'm looking for someone, I'm looking for someone to fill this void. No, I'm dependent on God. Now, let me give you a little bit of, uh, of caveat here. Uh, it's, this is very, very important. Being not desperate is a way of living, not something you say. It's actually a way of living, not just something that you want to go, like, declaring to everyone. I'm not desperate. And here's why. Ladies, listen to me real quick, okay? Ladies. <laughs> ladies, if you walk, ladies, if you walk around saying, I don't need a man. I don't need someone to fill me. I'm, I'm this. I'm, I'm fine. I don't need a man. Listen, you know what you're going to get? Not a man. Because here's... You won't get it, and here's why. Let me tell you. Every guy in this room and every guy out there not in this room, uh, God has put something inside of them to want to do three things, to provide, protect, and to pray, to be a spiritual leader for, for their lady and ultimately for their wife. God has put those three things in them, and it's a beautiful thing. That's what they want to do. Every man in here wants to do that for a woman. And when you say, I don't need a man to provide for me, I'm good. I don't need a man to protect me, I'm good. Well, I don't, I don't need that. You know what? You're squashing those three things in them. And every guy I know is going to go, cool, not me then. Go do you. Every guy I know is going to do that. And so that's not something that you walk around. It's not that you don't need it. It's just you're not dependent on it. It's not that I don't need that. I mean, God's, God will give that to you one day in a husband. It's just that I'm not dependent on that because God is my ultimate provider, my ultimate protector, and my ultimate spiritual leader. So, but I just wanted to say, it, it, being not desperate is a good thing. But don't, don't go around like yelling that out because you're just, you're going to be repulsive to people. And fellas, the same thing to you. Don't go around saying, I don't need a woman. I got my career. I'm going to make money and do my thing. Well, listen, you know what you're going to get? You're not a woman because no woman wants that, right? Every woman desires to be loved. 
to be loved. And when you say, I don't even want, you know what you're telling them? That you're not going to love them. So this is more of uh, not that I don't need it. It's just I'm not dependent on it. It's an attitude. It's a way that you live, not something that you just go yelling out in the streets. Um, okay, number two, number two. The second, yeah, okay, the uh, second thing in path of promiscuity is uh, infatuation. So first, you get desperate, and then next, uh, you begin to be infatuated. Infatuation means an object of extravagant, short-lived passion. Foolish and usually extravagant passion or love or admiration. It's a temporary love of an adolescent. This is the definition of it. Infatuation. How do you end up in a relationship with the wrong person? You become infatuated with them. And you stop, listen, listen. You stop asking good questions about them. You just become infatuated. You begin to dream about one day, if, if I was with them, you begin, you're infatuated with who they are and all this kind of stuff. And you begin to stop asking good questions about that person. And why did you do this? Because you were desperate. You were dating to fill a void in your life, and you allowed yourself to become infatuated. And you turn off your brain, and you start daydreaming about what it would be like. And I just want to tell you, when you turn off your brain at this early of a stage and stop asking good questions and you just become infatuated, you're down the path of promiscuity and it's leading to a bad place. Next week, I'm excited. Next week, we're going to talk more about this. And I'm going to give you a list of questions that you should be asking about someone that you're interested in. It's going to be good. Come back for that. Can't wait. On the path of purity is just that. It's interest. I'm interested. In the path of promise you, I'm, I'm infatuated. In purity, I'm interested. And interested allows you to ask questions. You begin to kind of become like CSI Miami, and you just go on an investigation, and you're trying to find out more about this person. How does he treat his mom? How does he approach his work? How does she approach school? How does she approach her relationship with God? These are questions that you should be asking when you're interested in someone. But don't skip the ask questions interested stage or else you may find yourself just infatuated. And that leads to our next point. Number three, the path of promiscuity is isolation. First, you're desperate, then you're infatuated, and then you become isolated. Let's just be alone. And because... This is uh, quite aggressive, but I'm going to say it. Because you have not built a, a life worth living in, you go and create a life with someone else that you want to live in. Because you have not built a life that you enjoy here, you find someone that you can go off alone with and build your own life with them. Because you don't enjoy the life you're living now, you find someone that you can escape with and get isolated with. And it's a great danger, I'm telling you. I've watched uh, more and more people, you're like, man, uh, Joey, Joey loves C12. And I'm just giving you a situation that I've seen. Obviously, this hasn't happened here. Um, Joey loves C12, serves at C12, really loves the Lord, leads a small group, everything's good. Where's Joey? I hadn't seen Joey in a minute, y'all. Oh, he got a girlfriend. Oh, okay, cool. So now Joey isolates himself with his girlfriend and then it's just like Joey never comes back. 
and you wonder why. And I believe what happens is you begin to isolate yourself so that you can begin and build a life on the side that no one else knows about. And it's just you and her. And you live both in your own little misery where no one else has any access to it. It's isolation. And it is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Alone is the fastest way to grow in intimacy. The path of purity, however, is an invitation. Dependent on God, you become interested in someone, start asking good questions about them, start looking into who they are, what they're like, that kind of thing. And then it becomes an invitation. An invitation invites someone to join your world. Invites someone to join your friendships to join your involvement in church, for you to join them in what they do, to join them in a life where they honor God, where they value Christian community. And if, listen, if they don't want to join, then guess what? They're not the kind of person that you want to continue a dating relationship with. But it's an invitation. We're not isolating ourselves to build our own world. We're inviting each other into the world that we've already built. This is crucial for you. I've had conversations with people who uh, can't attend church anymore or can't attend small groups anymore or can't lead or whatever anymore because now they have a girlfriend that takes up their time. And I would just say you are... uh, You are removing yourself from a Christian community in order to invest into an isolated relationship. Do you understand what you're doing? I understand that relationships need time to build and grow, and that's a good thing, and you should have that time with that person. But do not remove yourself from the thing that has first probably built you into the person that you are now and is helping you achieve the purpose that God has for you, especially if it's going to be isolated with someone. We're getting close to the end. Hang with me here. Number four is this. Isolation turns into consumption. Where you just consume one another. Both of you just using each other to meet your own needs. And everything is offered up on the altar of that relationship because, get this, because you're counting on it. Because you are desperate for it. You are infatuated with that person. And you got isolated with that person. And now you're consumed with that person. You're pretty deep into this. And you offer everything up on the altar of that relationship because you're completely consumed with it. And you guys just consume each other. On the other hand, in the path of purity is contribution. I've invited this person into my life, and then what you'll find is that we begin to contribute to one another, is that now this person actually, my relationships with my friends are getting better. My relationship with my parents is getting better. Actually, the way that I work at my job gets better. Actually, my relationship with the Lord is growing now that this person is in my life. It's a contribution to one another. And listen, if you investigate your uh, relationship with someone and things aren't around you aren't getting better, I'm just saying, there's, there, there, there's an issue there, right? And you don't want your entire life to fall apart because you've invested into the wrong person. It's a contribution in the path of purity. And then lastly, last one, 
is concession. Consumption leads to concession. And here's what I mean. You get to this point, and marriage becomes a concession of what already exists. We already act like we're married. We might as well get married. We're already, we're already right there. There's really nothing different about um, our relationship than a married couple. We might as well just get married. It becomes conceding. Well, this seems like the logical thing. The path of purity ends with completion. That marriage is the next step of full commitment to one another. You see, from this point on, commitment has been pretty low because I'm yours and you're my only for today. And then it ends with completion. And once you have gone through this, man, now the next step is to extend into a committed relationship through marriage. And that in that commitment, listen, in that commitment then becomes intimacy that you have, you have kept from growing up to this point. But it's only in that commitment to one another in a marriage where that can thrive. And let me just ask you, and don't, don't, don't repeat back to me, but just let me ask you, which path do you, sounds better to you? Which, I mean... Which path sounds better? And I realize that the path of purity is an unlikely one to follow. I'm going to ask Lauren to come back up. We're going to get ready to worship here. The, the path of purity is very unlikely or very uh, unpopular. It should be likely. And I hope that, that many of you consider it. But it's very unpopular because it's much easier for us just to, well, I'm desperate. Then I get infatuated with someone. And then it seems like a normal thing just to isolate ourselves. And then we just begin to consume each other. And then, oh, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess we just concede to get married. Man, it's a, it's a path that leads you. Listen, the path of promiscuity will cost you. It will cost you. And you will lose more every step of the way. And it is awfully hard to get out. Listen, the further down the path that you go, the harder it is to get out. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have said, I don't know, I've just been dating this guy for two years and now I feel like it's not the right thing, but I can't, I mean, I, we've just invested so much. And most of the time it's because you walk down the dating path of promiscuity and not down purity, where you've invested so much into it in an unhealthy way. And that you've let intimacy grow deeper than commitment. It will cost you. And here's what I would encourage you with tonight. In dating, if it can't be healthy, it can't be. I wish you would adopt that. If it can't be healthy, it just can't be. It just can't. Listen, look at the, the path of, of promiscuity that you will go down is a miserable path. And so if you, if you detect that it's not healthy, then just say, hey, this can't be. Because listen, it is uh, much better to be single than it is to be sick. It's much better to be single than it is to be sick. And you don't want to waste your life heading down that path and then get to the end and not have what you really wanted. And that's why I'm telling you tonight that the path that you go down in your dating process is just as important as who you choose to date. 
In fact, the path that you go down in your dating process should determine who you date. And so my invitation to you tonight as we begin this series is just to investigate your own heart. Like I said earlier, many we come from all different backgrounds, all different stories, all different dating experiences, different relationships. Maybe you've never had a relationship or you've had so many relationships or, or I don't know where you're at. But I would just challenge you, wherever you are, man, would you consider just saying, God, my desire is to go down the path of purity, both for my mind, my heart, and my body. That's the path I want to go down. And we're going to talk for the next few weeks about each one of these things specifically. And we'll walk through them all. But I believe it's important for us at the beginning of this series to go, Man, God, I really, my desire is to walk down a path of purity. So would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to ask you just to um, look into your own heart, your own life, your own mind, and just begin. Man, would you just, would you just tell God what, what, what you believe he's calling you to do? And, and, if, and if you believe he's calling you down a path of purity, which I'm telling you he is, just tell them that's what you want. Maybe you're already going down the path of promiscuity, or maybe you've already been down it. And tonight is more about you saying, I need to somehow switch over. I need to maybe get a fresh start. I need to begin, instead of with desperation, I need to begin with dependence. I don't know what it is um, for you, but... I think the appropriate thing to do and I think it would be just to give you a few moments to respond how you feel God is leading you because relationships are a big part of your life and how you choose to approach them determines your future. And so it would be wise of you to spend some time praying about this. Wherever you're at, if it's Maybe you need to go from one path to the other. Maybe you need to get a fresh start. Maybe you just need to say, God, from here on out, I'm going to depend on you, and I'm going to start the path of purity in the right way. I'm just going to give you a few minutes, and then the band will lead us in worship. I just want to give you a few minutes to respond. How do you feel, God? The altar is open. This is kind of what we call an altar down here at the stage. and um, or You can sit at your seat, or you can go in the back and pray if you want. However you feel led, I just want to allow you to respond. Sometimes our physical response um, kind of drives a, a heart response. Sometimes your physical response echoes what is in your heart. And it's um, you making a physical move can mark what you believe is God is doing in your heart. And so I just encourage you to respond how you feel led for the next few minutes. And, um, and then we'll continue to worship.
Hey, um, I'm going to ask my man to lead us in that chorus one more time because I believe that's powerful because that's the God that we serve, a God with open arms. And, uh, man, I hope you, don't, hope you don't stand here discouraged tonight. Hope you don't stand here condemned tonight or full of shame because you haven't been down the right path or whatever. Hope you stand here with hope and grace and love knowing that you serve a God that uh, is standing with open arms and is willing to help you uh, walk down the path of purity. That's the God that we serve. Will you lead us in that, my man? to the altar. If you're thankful for that kind of Jesus, for that kind of God, would you just give him? Yeah. Father, we love you tonight, and we're grateful that that's the God that you are, that's your character, and that's who we worship tonight. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to make these decisions. God, I pray that you would uh, convict us of where we may have wandered down the path of promiscuity. And God, I pray that you would, um, Lord, that you would give us the strength to make the decisions, to walk down the path that you have designed for us, that you planned for us. And Lord, we love you and we're grateful for you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. 
Hey, uh, man, it's been a great night. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you letting me pour my heart out. Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Um, I'm sorry I kept you a little bit late. just had a lot on my heart I wanted to share with you. So uh, I promised that we would show you a video of Broomball because we want you to come uh, tomorrow night uh, at 10 o'clock, 10 to 11 o'clock. This is Broomball. These are people embarrassing themselves. And it's amazing. Now, we don't have pads and all that stuff for you. We got some helmets and the brooms and, and the little stone. Look, look at that. That's cute. And so um, that's what we're going to be doing for an hour tomorrow night. Come join us at the Atlanta Ice Forum. Bring five bucks with you. That's all you need. You can wear whatever you want. I would encourage you to wear a jacket because it's going to be cold up in there.